0: what's going on everybody it is wednesday
1: february 2nd groundhog day and the day that we have found out the washington football team has changed their name to the washington commanders this is a day i'm sure we will never forget eddie what's going on this fine fine hey it's sunny here in california wednesday sorry to the rest of you guys out there
0: yeah, I was going to say the with the, being groundhog. Yeah, I used to get really upset when I used to live in New York because obviously, it, it, like the the little groundhog dictated the future uh, for for a number of weeks or six weeks. It was a uh, spring or winter. But living here, it's like oh, it's you know it's going to be sunny some days. I'm wearing a sweatshirt some days a little bit cooler than others. But generally speaking, like no qualms at all with uh, our weather here in uh, Southern California.
1: None whatsoever. And I know a lot of you guys are. Um, experiencing what I think has been lovingly dubbed Snomacron. And you're home from work. And so if you're out there, um, join us, please, please, please. The show is so much more fun when you guys jump in, ask questions, or just give us your opinions. Tell us what's going on, how you're feeling about your fantasy football teams for next year, for this year, or just how you're betting the games this weekend, or just, you know, whatever you want. If you want to talk about bananas, okay, not bananas, because <laughs> bananas are restricted from the show, uh, but that's what we're here for. So please jump in on our YouTube or our Twitch channel. Um, where to start? I guess Eddie, let's let's start with our playoff league. Let's just jump right in. Uh, if you've been following the podcast, you know that we have an extra points playoff league going on, and uh, you know high stakes, as in the loser will be shamed, which is really bad. You don't want to be shamed. And uh, we were concerned last week that <laughs> we were out of it because we lost Josh Allen. But Eddie, it turns out. We're not out of it. In fact, we still have a chance to win. We still have a chance to win this league. There are two things that can get in the way. So right now, we're in second place. Uh, and we're behind by 5.05 points to the Covered in Glory podcast. as Toby Mergler's podcast. Um, the other football podcast, yep. if you will. Yes. Um, and the difference is... They have Cooper Cup going. We have Cooper Cup going. But they have Jamar Chase and we have Joe Mixon. Now, here's the good news. The two teams that are right behind us, um, which is, uh, is it minus three and... The Megans?
0: Right. Minus threes in third. They're right behind us. Uh, we have 393 points, minus three. That's uh, with Sheck and Hench. They have 387. So there's six points behind us. We're five points behind Toby and Brett's uh, pod covering glory. And then we have some space between the Megans in fourth place. They're at 365. So I... So I think it's Here's a three horse race here, but you know, who knows? There are some teams with uh, Joe Burrow. I believe Martin Weiss team has Joe Burrow. So it's it a three horse race. Yeah. It's a
1: three horse race. I went and looked um, because the two teams that are behind us also have cup and Mixon, right? So they mm-hmm. cannot pass us. We're locked. The only teams that can pass us. I think the only person that has a chance to pass us is obviously Toby. If Jamar chase has, more points than Joe Mixon, highly likely, but not impossible for us to win that one. Um, And then Harry, good old Harry, who's Mm -hmm. like really on a winning streak. He has Joe Burrow. So he could make up that big deficit. I don't think Martin can. I don't think he's close enough.
0: Well, the the thing with Martin is that Sal has his um, the last place in the league has to deal with the consequences. So that's why it's a big thing to see who's going to finish last. Is going to be Sal. Um, is going to uh, with I believe he's with uh, Meatballs and it, Martin with TJ. They're going to finish in the last place and have to put their what did Sal call like his bag of horrors or something like that. You have to pick out of it. So I mean, we're not going to finish last. I still feel pretty good about us potentially winning. Um, uh uh-huh. I look. I still have faith in in Joe Mixon. Look, the the Bengals have uh, three really great receivers. If CJ Uzama does come back from the MCL sprain, they're saying he may. Who knows? That's uh, another. You know, there's a lot of mouths to feed passing the ball. But Mixon had a couple good runs in the the later part of the game. And fingers crossed that he, you know I think Cup's going to do his thing as always because we've seen it Me week too. in week out. But really cup
1: doesn't matter. Everybody has cup, right? Every single person has cup. So it has nothing. Cup is out of the equation as far as deciding any of this, because everyone picked Cooper cup, nobody picked Matt Stafford, which would have been interesting. So basically it's just Joe Mixon versus Jamar chase versus um, Joe Burrow. Mm -hmm. So I I think we're in a good spot because the people that have Joe Burrow are a good, what? 30 points back.
0: Right. not So,
1: you know, he hasn't had a 30 point, playoff game yet and i don't think he as good as i think he will be and as much as i think it's possible he could win and or be trailing and put up some points i don't think he'll have a 30 point game um because this los angeles defense is i don't just don't think they're gonna allow that aaron donald Von miller you know as mm-hmm. it just won't happen i don't think it'll happen i think we're good um but it is it is definitely interesting i So sometimes when I'm like thinking about this, like, okay, could Joe Mixon have a a good day? I went and I checked, this is a cheat code. You guys, I went and I checked the sports books, sports books have Joe Mixon favored at a touchdown, you know, minus 100 and Jamar Chase is plus odds right now. So sports books think Joe Mixon might get the touchdown more likely to get the touchdown. That's in our favor, right?
0: I I'm glad you brought that up because I was looking at that before too, and also looking at just even MVP odds. I know I'm not saying that Mixon has to win MVP for us to to win the league, but it is pretty crazy that like you know you have your three I would say the three favorites, which is the the two quarterbacks and Cooper Cup. They have the best odds, and then your next best is at, at plus twenty two hundred, which is Jamar Chase. But wait on the list at plus four thousand is Joe Mixon, and like I said, like with the you know you have Boyd, you have Higgins. And you have Jamar Chase, and if Uzama comes back, that's four massive feed in the passing game. And I still think that uh, that Joe Mixon could be a, a pretty big factor, even in the the, the passing game from Burrow. Right. I still think that you know the the ers were getting some chunk runs against the the Rams defense, which I do know is is a good defense, obviously. And the Bengals' o lines had their fair share of issues, but like I, I don't know if I, I'm feeling pretty good. I, I really think we have a real shot at this, so I, I'm Me I'm too. fingers crossing that Mixon has a big game. And I thought he had a better game last week, but like I said, he turned it on late. I I could see Mixon, like, I I would not be shocked if Mixon had a day with a touchdown, uh, three, four, five catches, maybe, you know, close to 100 yards rushing would be great. I I, I could see that happening.
1: I think it could happen. Um, Since you threw out MVP, let me just throw this question out to you, okay? I'm going to give you some MVP odds, and you tell me which bet you're taking. Okay. Cooper Cup, plus 600. Joe Burrow, plus 210. Mm Mm-hmm. Matt Stafford, plus 110. Aaron Donald, plus 2,000. OBJ, plus 2,500. And here's the two long shots I'm giving to you. Von Miller, plus 8,000. Evan McPherson, plus
0: 15,000. Wow, the kicker, That'd, that'd be something. Uh, I'm glad you brought this up, Jen, because I was looking at the Super MVP uh, Super Bowl MVP list, and it's like, the list is very strange of who's won it in the past. It's either like your ultra high-end quarterbacks. You have your obviously Brady a bunch of times, Mahomes, and, and Eli's won at Rodgers, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, like all those guys. And then you have a couple ones where you have a good, like uh, Julian Edelman has won it before. Uh, yeah, Santonio Holmes, Heinz Ward. So the team's like number one, you know, receiving target wins it. And then you have some very strange ones like amalgam smith um like a Deion branch i mean von miller has one in the past like so it it happens dexter jackson years ago so there is the chance for the one defensive player having a big game um i i guess only eight minutes into this pot i'm going to spoil my pick but oh right now i'll say this i'm leaning Bengals in this game so okay. if I'm, le- I'm leaning Bengals, obviously it's going to go to a Bengals player to win. And I think if Burrow play – unfortunately for everyone else, I think this is like – it's become a little bit of like the con Smythe in the NHL where it's the overall playoff MVP. And I feel like without Burrow, nine sacks in the first game versus the Titans, they still win that game. Down you know 21-3 to and Arrowhead comes back and wins this game. So if Burrow plays – Average to above average, I think they're going to give it to him unless, like we said, Mixon goes off, has 150 yards, multiple touchdowns. I can see that happening. Uh, so I think Burrow's going to win it. Now for the Rams, if the Rams win this game, I think it's because their defense really shows up. And I think Aaron Donald, especially with how bad that that old line is for the Bengals. I mean, like I just said, we saw nine sacks in the the game versus the Titans. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Donald won. it. so I would say. Burrow if the Bengals win. And I do like the the Donald long shot uh, if the Rams win the Super Bowl.
1: I mean, aren't you at least a little bit tempted to sprinkle a few dollars on Evan McPherson? Because, I mean, let's reflect. In yeah. this postseason, because, I mean, like, just put, I don't know, put 10 bucks on it. Like, I don't know. Of course, then you'll be bummed if he wins it and you didn't do more. But um, every single one of these games last weekend was decided in some form or fashion, whether it was just going to overtime or whatever, at the buzzer with a kick. Without Evan McPherson, I would argue the Bengals would not be here. Period. They wouldn't be here. Sure. He even was responsible for that fifty-two yarder that you know tied, brought them back from the eighteen-point deficit. You know, in last weekend, he's been tough as nails. And I kind of feel like this game, and it looks like Vegas does too, depending on which day you look at the spread, is decided by about a field goal. Mm-hmm. I I don't know, and I just think it could be a dramatic situation again, and and it would be the first kicker to win the prize. And it, it's just so tempting. I look at that. I mean, I think it's going to be Joe Burrow probably. Okay. Like you said, if it's, if it's the Bengals. So of course, when you're, you're picking your MVP, you're also picking who you think wins. Um, But yeah, I saw that, you know, rate for McPherson. I'm like, how do you not, how do you not put this bet down?
0: It's I think weirdly if the Bengals win, it's almost I, I'd be shocked if it was anyone but Burrow or Mixon. And I, I don't want to discount, obviously, Jamar Chase and the other receivers. But, like, if you're just doing the math of, like, Ramsey matches up versus Chase, and then I think between Higgins and Boy, they kind of steal some targets. So I, I feel like that's just the easy way to go. But with the Rams, like we mentioned, we have Von Miller rushing quarterback from the from the blind side. Then you have Donald up the middle. They could both get fumbles, forced fumbles, recovered fumbles, sacks, potentially a touchdown. And then with the their offense, I'm not sure if it'll go to a running back, but I, I think between Stafford and cup, if cup obviously does his thing as usual, he's going to be in the mix, but then you have Stafford throwing him the ball, like passing touchdowns, he's going to be in the mix. So I think it's a little bit harder to, to figure out who to bet on correctly um, for MVP if the Rams do in this one. So that's why I would say I'm just, I like the long shot of, of, of Donald. And I think you're right. I think it's going to be a close game with the line rounds at four, four and a half. I think it's gonna be a close one. I mean, McPherson's been—he's been awesome. Kickers have been so good this postseason, and uh, he's probably been the—you the, know—the the star that's shining the brightest right now. But I wouldn't be shocked if it—if it was be, be ta- came down to Burrow, Donald, and uh, uh, a last-second kick deciding this this game.
1: For sure. Um, speaking of kickers and Evan McPherson, we waiver wired also have a team in the NFC. We are competing with the 2,000 teams, Eddie. We are at number 26 right now going into the Super Bowl. That is top 1.5%, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Our team is killing it. I am super excited now. We have 1,141.95 points. The person in um, the lead has only less than 50 more points than us. And that sounds like a lot, but how this works is you get – um multiples. So if, you know, for instance, we've had Matt Stafford in for a few weeks now, so we yeah. have a multiplier on his points this week. And we've had Evan McPherson since the beginning, and I yeah. think that that is actually what set our team apart. Our team looks really good. I think we are totally in this, we have a shot of taking this thing down or at least finishing uh in a really good spot. I'm super proud of us. This is who we have, who I have right now and we can change this. Now there's a certain A limitation to how many players you can use from each team. So you have to have like half and half. Um, So I had to make some tough decisions. And part of that tough decision was not using Jamar Chase because we would only get a single multiplier. So this is what I came up with. We're using Matt Stafford, we're getting three times his points. So that's big. Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow, this will be our first time to use him. We got Cam Akers we got Joe Mixon four times points. We've had him since the beginning. We really need a mixing game spaghetti.
0: I think we're going to get it. I think we're going to get it. I think
1: we are too. I have high hopes. We've got OBJ. We get double points for T. We get double points for and Cooper cup. We get quadruple points for and uh, our kicker. We get, uh, uh, we only get three times points for Cincinnati Bengals. So I guess we didn't use it because we used Mixon in the first week because we could only use one from each team. So we we picked him up in the second week instead of going with Chase, which is a little bit contrarian. And I think it's actually why uh, we're getting an advantage because mm-hmm. you're getting that um, positional scarcity taken care of. we got an advantage there. So do you agree with using a double point OBJ, double point T Higgins, over a single point Jamar Chase?
0: I, I guess we're, we're sharing a brain uh, on everything lately, and I'm, I'm glad you made that move. And okay. it's like 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 I was just saying before with with, Ch- with Chase versus Ramsey, you know, I I just don't see a scenario where the Rams are like, we're going to go into this game and we're going to let Jamar Chase beat us. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, they're going to do what they can to stop him. And it's one of those things where if, if Boyd or Higgins or whoever else beats him, it's like, so be it, we're not going to let Jamar Chase do that. But even watching that game versus the, the Chiefs, like there were so many balls that Higgins went up and got. And it's also weird seeing him wear number 85 because I'm like, that's that's Chad Johnson. But uh, it's shocking they let him take that number. But uh, Higgins really is – it wasn't for Jamar Chase. This guy would be a, a bigger you know household name because he made some really great catches uh, to bring the Bengals back and obviously end up winning that game versus the Chiefs. And I was super impressed with him, and I, I think this is a great move. Like I said, top corner on Chase – I think it's going to be a little bit, he's going to have easier looks, uh, especially if he's playing the slot. So I'm all for uh, having T Higgins in in that spot there.
1: Now, let me ask you this. This might be an even tougher question. Um, We can have either Cam Akers or Jamar Chase as well. They are both only single multipliers, right? We only get the points from this game. I currently have Cam Akers in there, mostly to be contrarian, to be different. And because... The Bengals run defense has been bad, mm-hmm. really bad, um, and we know he's also active in the passing game. However, maybe Chase is the play. Who would you rather have, Acres or Chase? Because like that's probably gonna, what's going to be the difference maker here.
0: I have like I'm the af- only thing I'm afraid about with Acres, and I I do the like the well the fumble and then that <laughs> it's it, exactly and that's what I was going to say. It leads into like well they also have Sony Michelle who's been there done that. So I could see also a scenario where. Acres like gets them down to the red zone. They swap them out for Sony Michelle. He picks up the touchdown and kind of vultures that or something. But I, 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 I think both running backs in this game will end up being okay. The, the starting running backs will have decent games. I, I don't know why I have this like weird feeling that I just I, I could see Jamar Chase just not really being a huge factor in this I game. Of,
1: I kind of do too. I don't know why either. It's just kind of a feeling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So if you're feeling it, we can chat about this more. But um. We can do a chase for acre swap, which I think makes sense. Maybe, sure. but right now yeah. I have acres, so we can meditate on it. Um, maybe we should ask Carrie.
0: <laughs> I wish I, I wish we could like see practice and see who's getting like. All right, they're inside the tw- like the thirty, the twenty-five. Right. Like who's getting the carries, and then I would say, okay, so if it's Tony Michelle, let's put in Jamar Chase.
1: And again, on sports books, um, Cam Acres is the one that's considered. More likely to get in based on what it looks like. I mean, obviously, it, they sometimes set these lines based on our perception of what we think, but they also, a lot of times, the ones that are more heavily favored. Like if you you took Cooper Cup for a touchdown last, week, get paid like minus one sixty five. You know, there was no value there, but of course he he got in. So sometimes you look at those, and that that kind of breaks the tie for me. So uh, Cam makers again more favored to have a touchdown on the last book I looked at. I don't know if it matters or not, but, um, so that is the state of our playoff leagues. I also have another playoff league that I'm top 11 in. And I think I'm one of only like five teams that's going with a pretty full roster to the finals. So, uh, so far pretty good luck in all, but I think I had five leagues. The other two are kind of like, meh, I'll finish probably halfway, you know, middle point. So the three good ones, uh, that we're still in the running end. So fingers crossed go waiver wired. Um, we'll talk about more about the Super Bowl maybe in a minute, but I want to just talk for a second, since this is a fantasy football podcast, about a few fantasy football things that have actually come up over the last week. I know it seems early to be talking about fantasy football, but that's what we do, and a lot of people are in Dynasty League. So I want to mention, first of all, let's start with Sean Payton leaving New Orleans and um, how that might affect the players there. You know, I did an article about this over at sports illustrated and I'm not sure that there's really anybody on the new Orleans saints that anybody's super excited about having anyway, minus Alvin Kamara. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the question is what will happen to Alvin Kamara? Do you think he will stay a first round pick because this year, what we saw with Alvin Kamara is that his role changed drastically based on which quarterback was playing, right? So basically, when he was playing with Taysom Hill, it it, it wasn't it was not that great for Alvin Kamara. At the beginning of the season, when it was Jameis Winston, he was running like a madman. He wasn't even used in the passing game. And then in the middle, when they had Trevor Simeon. He started being used as a passing weapon as well. So he was really useful for PPR leagues and had those big games, you know, that we were all looking forward to. So huge question mark to me, like who's going to be the coach, who's the quarterback, but Alvin Kamara, you know, not very old, could still be usable. Do you feel like he's a first round pick?
0: I feel like he. This is such a quarterback dependent question. I mean, I, I, talent wise alone, uh, I, I probably. If especially it was near the end of the the, the first round and it's a, a PPR league, I probably find myself taking him just because I just trust him and how good he is. Also, like before, James Winston got hurt. He was not bad at all. So I right. I, I, I think that if you have a quarterback who's going to at least let the defense think, okay, they could torch us here. He could throw the ball. Then that makes things a lot easier for Alvin Kamara. I know the one team, uh, rather one of the teams that Russell Wilson put in his like list of potential spots would be New Orleans, but I know New Orleans in some cap trouble. Same thing as the Giants. Giants like, you know, you know, he has the Giants in his list, but the Giants have to, they'd have to move heaven and earth to be able to bring it bring him in the roster. Now we have a scenario where Russell Wilson's down in the Bayou with, Michael Thomas with Alvin Kamara, that's not so bad. The, but it's if they're going to go into here, you know, next season with uh, a Taysom Hill, Ian Book kind of combo thing. As much as I love Notre Dame and Ian Book, like that's just not going to happen. So it, it, I feel like my stance would change heavily in the next few months. Um, they also may go the draft route, and if they go the draft route and bring in a rookie, I. I I still wouldn't feel as great about it. I just would prefer them to go with the veteran route because then I feel a lot better about Kamara. But anyway, to my long-winded answer is, yeah. If I'm picking and if I'm in a twelve, fourteen-team league and I'm near the end of the first round and he's there, it's just so hard to not take a guy who could have, you know, could lead running backs any single given week uh, in points.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Uh, another big question mark as far as whether or not they're first rounder. There's a couple of them: Devonte Adams. Do you take Devontae Adams if you're drafting right now in the first round based on the fact that we don't know if Aaron Rodgers will be throwing him the ball, where he'll be, any of the above?
0: I I think Devontae Adams, I I hate when people say that like Rodgers makes the receivers, like he's had a a number of teams where the guys, they pretty pedestrian players. And I agree to some extent, they haven't been the the most talented. But I think Devontae Adams is is, is good no matter who the quarterback is. And I think if he stays with the team and they have someone else, I think he's still the number, clear-cut number one. He's going to get his catches, uh, his touchdowns. Will he be as prolific as it's been with Rodgers? Probably not. But I think if he ends up leaving, you know, forced to trade out of there, I, I still think the guy is a top three to five receiver without Aaron Rodgers.
1: Assuming Aaron Rodgers stays... In Green Bay with Devontae Adams, would you take Cooper Cup or Devontae Adams first?
0: That's, uh, man, I mean, I want to say Adams just because there has to be some sort of regression from Cooper Cup because there's no way he would be triple crown again. Plus they're going to, you Bobby Tree is coming back. If Odell's part of the team. Uh, Cam Akers won't be injured for the whole season again. I think defense is also be like, hey, we should start covering this guy. He's pretty good. So I think I would probably – I look, Rodgers could win MVP this year. He's playing at an MVP level. I don't see why he would drop off significantly next year if he stays. And uh, I, I probably would side with Adams uh, next year.
1: If you could get Christian McCaffrey right about pick number six, would you do it?
0: I would feel good about it if I had, like, a running back keeper. Uh, Or I I think if you take McCaffrey six, you're pretty much going to have to take a running back in probably rounds two and three because you have to expect he's going to miss a portion of the season. But do you –
1: I mean – That's the thing. Like, are we just assuming he's going to have another freak injury? Because when I think about Christian McCaffrey, I mean, I feel like you do because you have to prepare yourself emotionally for that. But is he really any more injury prone than the other running backs? I mean, Derek Henry just had foot surgery. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's still like, what is he? 25.
0: Yeah. He has to be around there.
1: Still super young. And the difference between like Christian McCaffrey and say, Saquon Barkley. Right who we were, he was the number one pick just a couple of years ago mm-hmm. when he got injured and he came back, he didn't come back at a hundred percent. He was kind of giving you little games. He was covering every time Christian McCaffrey has come back. He's given you like a 20 point PPR game. Like he immediately is, is usable again. So I'm wondering if we're all, and again, like he's been injured two years in a row. So, but does he have like a chronic injury? It doesn't seem like it. It seems like a couple freak
0: injuries, right? Yeah. I mean, he's like, you are right. He's 25 and I totally agree with you. Like when he plays, when he's healthy, he's as good as it gets. And he's going to, you know, if you have him on your team, you're most likely going to win because very few running backs even match that. Um, but the issue is like when you look at his his games played, and it goes from you know he had seven games only last year, he only had three in twenty twenty, and then he had um, pretty much full see uh, you know the first three years of his career. I if he's there in the middle of the first round, it's hard it's hard to pass him up unless somebody else who's at the top end of the draft drops. if like, you know, if somebody screws up and doesn't take a Jonathan Taylor or something like that, but well, I, I, I agree
1: instance, with you. There are first rounds going on right now where Najee Harris is going ahead of Christian McCaffrey.
0: No, 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 no. See, I
1: agree. Like, no. wait, are you just assuming they're going to get an awesome quarterback and they're going to exactly. fix their offensive exactly. line?
0: Exactly. I'm and he's uh,
1: going number four, Eckler's going number three. I would take Christian McCaffrey before that, but you know, again, these are all early impressions and so much is to be changed, but some of you guys are dealing with this and um, your one dynasty the- leagues and a word to that, like there's a big debate, you know, who would you rather have chase or Jefferson and a dynasty league? Well, you know, the answer is you're not hurting either way. Sure. Um, but if I'm going to pick someone, I'm probably going to pick the one that I know has a better quarterback for a longer period of time. Like we know Kirk Cousins, he may not even be there this year. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one way to look at it, or you can look at it. Justin Jefferson's always going to be the clear alpha dog. And in Cincinnati, there are three receivers that could easily tally a thousand yards per game. So there's a lot to think about. Obviously the more information we have, the better, which is why I always advise doing your drafts as close as you can to the start of the season. And, sure. so, you know, Everything,
0: but I there are add, people out
1: there th- doing drafts, so
0: I, I will add quickly back to uh McCaffrey. And I feel like if I was too harsh on him, I, I will attract it. Um, in the sense that if you believe in Matt Rule, uh, if you look at his yeah. career, year three is always when his team is when he was at Temple, then Baylor, then the Panthers. I know they, you know, Joe Brady, I think now to, as of today, went to to Buffalo and they have some retooling going on there with their coaching staff. But if you trust Matt Rule, and obviously the Panthers they did because they retained him. I think this is the year you see them improve and they had a good start last year. Uh, I don't think the Donald thing is going to work out, but I, I, I do, I was a Matt rule guy. I wanted the giants to hire Matt rule years back. And uh, I think that McCaffrey, like if you get him, please take him over Najee Harris. And I I think Najee Harris is fine, but I think, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Even if he does miss some time, McCaffrey, is just too good not to, to, to pass up. So
1: Buffalo and the giants are two teams that are very interesting to me next year. Um, Buffalo, as you mentioned, uh, promoted their quarterback's coach to offensive coordinator. Um, I can easily see a Josh Allen revenge tour taking place last week. I mean, he had to watch the Bengals take out Patrick Mahomes. Um, he has developed incredibly. And then over here with the giants and, you know, there's a lot of obviously talk around what's going on with the giants and the coaching situation, but, um, just, just take the facts. Brian Dable as, as the coach, uh, they, last I read, they had not decided whether he would be calling plays or not, probably not, but we know he's an offensive minded coach and we know how he thinks and we know how important the quarterback and the offense is to him. So there's a couple of players there that, that I immediately think about first, of course, being Daniel Jones. And there's a lot of ha ha poo poo about Daniel Jones, but the reality is, Daniel Jones is actually a really mobile quarterback, much like Josh Allen. Now, I don't think that Daniel Jones is going to be a top 10 quarterback. However, maybe that could really work out well for Daniel Jones as a late round pick. What are your thoughts about Daniel Jones with Brian Dayball around?
0: Well, uh number one, I'm I'm super excited to that Dayball has like said and, and Joe Shane too, the the new general manager, have said they're all in on Daniel Jones in the sense that they know that the, the what the league perceives Daniel Jones to be is different from you know the the Twitter space. And, and oh. I'm sorry sorry for those people who like to tweet. I mean the Daniel, Daniel Jones stinks, but you don't know enough about football like the people that work in the NFL do. Um the other really cool thing that I believe it might have been John Mayer who said it uh, not too long ago was every GM they they uh, brought in for an interview and every head coach they brought in for an interview said that they they like they their plans were, were to keep Daniel Jones as the starter. So again, like the perception, in the league is different. That's a good thing. And I'm not saying that Jones is going to turn around and become Josh Allen, although they are similar, taller guys, obviously both mobile. Uh, Josh Allen has a far superior arm, Daniel Jones, but you know, Daniel Jones was, Dable said he was the only guy in the facility when he arrived there uh, over the weekend, like the guy constantly is working. And I just think that finally now, and especially if they hire someone like a, a Pep Hamilton, who I know he's in the final three, uh, I would love that. Um, and I, he, he probably needs another veteran in there to push him. That's why I said uh, to you last week, like I wouldn't be mad if they weren't in Jimmy G, because they, I don't think Jimmy G is the long-term answer or someone along those lines. But you know, having Mike Glennon as a backup is never a, a great thing, especially when Jones is a little bit more injury-prone due to his running style. But finally, to have an offensive-minded coach, they have to definitely. I would probably use the first two, the first round picks they have, both of them, for offensive line help, and then have your your healthy weapons and make use of your seventy two million dollar receiver and Kenny Galladay, and have a guy like Kadarius Tony who could be like a Debo Samuel type player. Again, have him healthy, and and I, I think it's, it's going to be a lot better than constantly being ranked thirtieth, thirty first, thirty second in the league in most offensive uh, categories.
1: Yeah. Um, thoughts as to whether this will help Saquon.
0: I, I, I think number one, it comes down to the offensive line. Use both those picks. Like I said, the giants first round pick, the one they got from the bears use that in line. lines, a very, very good O line draft this year. And, uh, I think having, uh, a, an offensive mind head coach is great, and I think that having an offense, bringing the the three candidates they have right now, I believe Kafka too from the the Chiefs. If they bring him in uh, or Pep Hamilton as OC, I think I just think their schemes will be better than what that we've seen from the Giants. And, and Joe Judge was not a very in like good in-game coach. I also think that Saquon just probably needed more time for to rehab. Like he just didn't have the same spark, the same juice that he normally did. Like we saw, Devontae Booker had every like category. He was better than uh, Saquon, and so I think this year will be better. Also, when the the defense knows like your quarterback's on a passing threat, especially because Jones missed so many games, it, it was just way tougher for for Saquon. So I think that this year will bring a whole new philosophy to the Giants, and uh, it, they're going to be a lot better. And I, I do believe in Saquon. I, I'm not sure if we'll ever recapture. The, the Penn State into his early career uh, with the Giants' magic, but I I can't see him being a, a complete bust because he just does everything well. He catches the ball well. He he runs the ball well when healthy. Obviously, he can block. like He's an every-down running back, so I, I can see him being a way bigger part uh, of the team this year. Also, if they're not trailing every single game, he'll be a bigger factor in the third and fourth quarter, too, which we'll, we'll factor in. So I, I think it'll be better, I think, all around for everyone on the Giants.
1: Yeah, and maybe Kenny Galladay will... Catch a touchdown pass. I, I mean, I mean you Maybe have a various <laughs> Tony will will get used in creative ways and try to stay healthy. I mean, there's a lot of question marks, obviously, but um
0: it is funny you brought up the hell thing, though, is Joe Shane said in his introductory press conference, and not to make this a whole Giants uh, podcast, but he said he's going to deep dive and research why the Giants were one of the most injured teams in the NFL the last few seasons. And I was like, wow, I never thought of that. Like, that's there has to be something going on in the training, the offseason programs, why these guys are getting injured. Because, like you said, like, Kadarius Tony comes in for a game, has 10 catches, like, wow, this guy's awesome. Then we don't see him again for the rest of the year, basically. And, and the same thing with Kenny Galladay. It's like, there's no why are you not throwing deep passes what's, to this guy what's the
1: turf like it met life. I mean, but the not Jets good. don't have the same number of injuries. It doesn't seem like
0: they, I know the players have complained about in the past, but right. I, I, I don't know like why it would be any different from other uh, stadiums that use the, that like the, the turf, the field turf.
1: Right. Yeah. I don't know. That is interesting. It is a good question. <laughs> But there's a lot of things that that could be, I guess. So that, that'll that be interesting. You were speaking about how it was nice that the new coaches came into New York and said, you know, Daniel Jones is our guy. And they've done similar things in Chicago. Justin Fields is the guy. Where they hadn't really done that is in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So um seems like there's a lot of, uh, you know, I mean, they've gotten a little bit more positive about Derek Carr maybe over the last few days. We've heard a little bit more, but... It doesn't sound like Josh McDaniels is necessarily 100% sold on Derek Carr being the guy. Um, Just curious, what are your initial thoughts with that coaching change? Um, I feel like Darren Waller is in a good spot in that system, no matter who the quarterback is. Everybody else, just a lot, a lot, a lot of question marks to me.
0: The number one thing that I took away from the McDaniels hire to Vegas was, like, how many players posted on social media saying, like, they're so upset to see Rich Passaccia it leave. Wasn't- yeah. So right off the bat, you lost Come locker room. You, 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 Like I've never seen players post with such emotions about how much they love this guy. And obviously, we all saw him writing all the the, the handwritten notes to the players. Like if there's a guy who's your coach and he's like a dad, a father figure to the locker room, and everyone loves him, and I, and like their best players posted Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr, Max Crosby. The they made it to the play- somehow made it to the playoffs in, in a wacky game and one of the toughest seasons. Like they had no business making the playoffs. Like right. every, they could have every excuse. Under the sun, they could have used like they they with with the, the arrests and and the Gruden stuff, it, it was just it's miserable there. And they somehow got to the playoffs thanks to you know some you know Derek Hard, some great moments, Max Crosby, and defense had some great moments. And now you're going to take out the guy that everyone loved and bring in uh, a guy that was fired already from the AFC West, uh, uh, you know. And we know the Belichick coaching tree has not been good, so right off the bat, I was like, I, I think they're screwing up here, I think teams if you have an interim who, who gels with you, I think chemistry is a big thing. A locker room morale is a big thing. And if guys are listening to what the coach is preaching, it's like you're better off not making a move. That being said, I know just talking up Daniel Jones, and I think it's great that the league perception is different of what the the fans think. If Derek Carr's in the market, I think there were certain points there where, uh, the, during the season where you could, I know Dave was saying this on minus three and extra points, that you could have thrown Derek Carr's name in the MVP consideration just based on how brutal the Raiders season was and how he played. If he wore number four in in a Giants blue jersey, I would not be upset. And I think a lot of teams would feel that way. So if you don't have – if the team needs, like, uh, you know, say Seattle, if Seattle wants to move on from Russell Wilson because they're bringing back Pete Carroll, I mean, they should be calling them back. And there's so many teams that have, like, this win now. They have pieces in place. And Derek Carr is – quarterbacks of his caliber don't come on the open market that often if if, if they are going to move on from him. So I, I think you have to scoop him up.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I think he's perennially underrated. He was actually really good to fantasy yeah. uh, managers as well. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting situation. And um, again, this is a fantasy podcast. So before we wrap up the pod, cause next week we're going to have a lot of time to talk about the games and player props and lines. Oh, sure, and our, yeah. We'll talk even more about our, you know, lineup decisions. Cause we have a lot of time and, we can change our mind 17 times about Cam Akers versus Jamar Chase. Okay, everybody. We'll be right back after this quick break. We have to talk about Tom Brady. We have to talk about the fact that he did retire, um, which is still very odd to me. Um, and the whole way he went out and how it's really, I've, feel sad about it for him the way it kind of just fizzled out he didn't get the chance to say it himself and it got reported the different ways and it just kind of like landed with a thud because everyone was so dramatic and excited on Saturday and then it kind of came out and it was like one of these stupid notes from your phone which by the way is like oh so obnoxious I get you only get a tweet limit. Just do a press conference, make a video, do something. Don't. And then of course, New England fans were very upset. And it's just, there's always drama around Tom Brady. It's just part of Tom Brady, Tom drama, Brady, or whatever it is. But what happens now to our fantasy teams? What in the world is Tampa Bay going to do? We talked about this last week on the pod. We talked about even Jameis Winston, was an incredible fantasy asset, throwing for over 5,000 yards. Indeed, also 30 interceptions, which, you know, in certain leagues, if you get minus points for that, that's a problem, especially if it's like minus six, so be careful. But any quarter, what if it was Derek Carr that went to Tampa? Because they kind of have two options right now, right? Like, they have a really good team still if they could get a a functional quarterback in there, they could still make a run that, you know, they have the defense, they have Mike Evans. I, you know, they're going to lose Gronk. I don't think there's any debate about that. He's going to retire. But they still have talented tight ends there. And I mean, they, they could be competitive, maybe not Super, but they could still be competitive if they got the right player in there, or are they just kind of like save the money, you know, just save the money, you maybe use Grant, Gr- uh, sorry Godwin as part of a rebuild. Even give him a really good contract, and then kind of cut everywhere else, and then use a few years to build a little bit around Godwin. I don't know. Leonard Fournette could walk. Mike Evans is still there. Uh, and by the way, Mike Evans not given enough credit. Just always a solid season.
0: Thousand yards every year of his career. He's he's the most underrated player in football. It's crazy.
1: He's he's unbelievable. Um, so I think he'll be fine with whoever. Um, but. You know, there's so many question marks about what in the world the Bucks are going to do. I think the only player we can count on right now if you're drafting today is Mike Evans. And mm-hmm. what do you think? Do you think they try to keep Godwin?
0: I... So I have my answer. I think of what the Bucks could do, but what's interesting is like now you're you're hearing some reports like does Bruce Arians want to stick around? He's going to be seven right. years old. So then if Bruce Arians goes, then Godwin's like, well I'm out of here. And then Leonard Fournette's like, well I'm out of here. They don't yeah. I don't have Brady. like so before I give you my answer, cause I think I have it figured out. Hopefully. Do you would if you're the Bucks if you're running the Bucks, Jen? Are you just like let's draft a quarterback in this kind of weak quarterback draft? But there could be some guys. You know, Malik Willis today is making a lot of uh, a lot of hay of his performance at the Senior Bowl. Do you just draft a quarterback and say, hey, I know the defense is pretty good. We're going to lose some guys. We're going to do this slight rebuild. Or do you wait, say wait,
1: why let him draft a quarterback if I already have Kyle
0: Trask? Oh, it's well, <laughs> that's a good point. Florida yeah. zone or, um, or do you say, no, like screw this. Like we made the divisional round. Uh, like we were, we were, we were a good team this year. We have most of the pieces in place and there are some high end quarterbacks out there that could mimic what Brady did last year, whether it's a Russell Wilson, whether it's a Aaron Rodgers, whether it's Derek Carr, like we talked about, what, what decision would you land on if you're running the bucks?
1: So I think what I would do is I would try to go get a really good veteran player and continue to try to train Kyle Trask to be the future. In, in, you know, to Megan's point in her rant, and she was right about this, Tampa Bay wasn't a football town Mm -hmm. until Tom Brady came there. And then everyone's like the hugest fan. That's absolutely true. And, uh, you know, if they want to keep the momentum going, I don't think that they can afford to go with like just a rebuild year after that. I mean, maybe they can, maybe they can financially plan for that. And they believe that they are good enough and smart enough to totally rebuild and do this two or three years from now and take the time with Tresk and let him whatever, whatever. Um, but I think with what they could do is get a veteran to kind of help mentor, stay competitive. Maybe they won't win, but at least stay competitive, get butts in seats to make money. And then kind of that instead of going complete tear down start with rookies, Tampa Bay is not a sports town that is true. I mean, look at the Tampa Bay Rays. They they literally win the AL West, the, go to the World whatever World Series 2 years ago. Don't mm-hmm. don't win everything that like they should should have. Thanks um, for uh,
0: reminding me, yeah. Yeah.
1: But but still go Astros. Um, but still nobody goes to their games. Like right. they literally had a conversation 2 years ago about tropes always empty, yeah. season or doing part of the season in Canada. In Canada to get fans. That's how bad it is. So no matter how good their team is. So the Tampa Bay has finally gotten that, um, with Tom Brady around and the excitement. And even like when he did his farewell, he addressed Tampa Bay. And that's like a huge thing. If they could say, we are not letting down, we're going out and we're getting Russell Wilson. Then Mm -hmm. Tampa, people are going to push in to be Tampa Bay fans. Even people that are like, non-discriminate fans, you'll have Jacksonville fans probably jump over there and become Tampa Bay fans and things like that. That's what I would do as a business person. If I'm thinking about my brand, I don't Uh, know if that's what I would necessarily do as like,
0: Coach, I think, I think with how good the reason the, their O line when healthy is fantastic. Amazing. When healthy, when healthy, their defense almost at every position they have a stud there, right? And like, like we just talked about Mike Evans, as consistent as they come, one of the best receivers in the league. If they somehow could bring back Goblin, and if they lose Fournette, I'm not as upset by that because you they could can talk in the and you can always find another running back. Exactly,
1: it's not a big deal.
0: So that's why I'm thinking like you have to go out and make a humongous splash. And it would be the funniest thing ever if they got Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay to come down there to just replace Brady. Twelve replaces twelve and he and he does it again. And also the number the, the most the number one reason why I think they ha- they cannot blow this up and do a, a, a quasi rebuild. Look at the rest of the NFC South. We're just talking about I know, Sean, Sean Payton. Yeah, Sean Payton's out of the Saints. Like the Saints, the, their future is a huge. I mean, minus the
1: Cowboys. Obviously we're making big moves, retaining Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. But I, I think like you can, you, you could almost win. If even if they had somebody who with numbers less than Brady, if they have a, 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 an average person in there. I still there think are. they could win. Right. I still think they could win the NFC South, the Falcons. Like I, they're going to have to move on from Matt Ryan at some point, but they have a lot of holes. And um, we're talking about the Panthers a bit before. If, if you miss McCaffrey for a couple of games and I know rules in the hot seat and I, I do expect them to be a bit better, but, if they, if you put it in a Russell Wilson or you put it in Aaron Rodgers, there's no way you can convince me that the Bucs still aren't the best team in the NFC South. So I, I think they have to kind of keep putting the pedal to the metal mm-hmm. and, yeah. and and just ride out the as many years as they can with this O-line and with this defense. Because if we learn anything from playoffs recently, it's like you need at least one of those two things to succeed no matter how good your quarterback is.
1: Yeah, um, unless you're Joe Burrow, then apparently you don't need an outline.
0: He just- I know. I, as I was saying that, I was like, yeah, Joe Burrow. I mean, he's Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow he is uh, he's an alien. So That's, I don't know.
1: I think he might be an alien. It's like crazy. I was watching that. Some of those escapes he was making on set. I think I was like, no way, no way. Like the whole time, just screaming <laughs> no way at the TV. And I was certain that there was no way they could win this game. Even though I had bet on them. Remember we had this conversation. I said, I, I wanted the Rams to win. I thread that needle so perfectly. I, thought that that game would be decided by a field goal. And so when I took the 0.5, I thought, I hope the Rams win, but I think the 49ers will get this close. And they did, which was ha- made me happy. I was like, I won my bet. <laughs> the Rams went on. And I love that the Rams and the Bengals are facing each other. My concern about the Bengals, of course, is that Aaron Donald and Von Miller, I think, are going to be I, – I don't think that Joe Burrow can – keep it to one. sack. I don't think that line can keep him to one sack. That being said, go look at the sports books and they all are certain that Matt Stafford is going to throw an interception, but not so much about Burrow. So that one mistake again, could make a big difference.
0: I, yeah, I I could definitely see them getting to, to Burrow, but I I, I'm just, I'm also not convinced that it it will matter because I, we, we like the, we've seen how good the Titans front could be and they got to him nine times and they somehow figured it out. I right. I think, look. Do I want to say it's not going to be good if Burrow's getting sacked four or five times by you know Donald and company? But uh, I think weirdly they he's a guy that gets sacked and he gets up and it's like you know third and sixteen and then he'll like he'll hit Higgins on a post route and it's first down right. like, and they're right back. You know, it's it's insane what he does. And uh, I I think I think it is a pretty good even matchup where, like you said, a turnover, it's a a lame thing to say to break down a game, but I I could see a turnover being humongously costly and yeah, exactly.
1: Right. I'm kind of with you. I think they both have explosive offenses. Um, I do think the Rams defense is much better, but I think that Matt Stafford is more prone to make a mistake or cam Akers is more prone to fumble the football than Joe Mixon, it was
0: Stafford was it was shaky early on in that game. I was like, they're the Rams aren't looking so hot offensively." And if like the Niners had, and I I, I don't want to poo poo on Jimmy G because I think he he gets more hate than he, probably he deserves gets so
1: more hate than he deserves.
0: Like if he was uh you know an Aaron Rodgers or someone like that in that position, like slinging the ball across the field and, and they scored more points, they scored more touchdowns, then the Rams in a real hole. Like the, the pressure, the offensive pressure from the 49ers was never really uh, uh, on the Rams to, to score more, which is why they, they kind of escaped. And obviously they figured things out in the second half and they look a lot better, but um, you know, that's the, that's the thing with the Bengals. If the Rams are slow on offense early on, the Bengals can put points on you and that's then, then you are going to have a gap. So I, I think it should be a, a, a fun game. It's a, it's a really good matchup and I'm sorry great. to say it. Yeah. It's
1: going to be great. Has there ever been a Super Bowl where you could just sit back and be like, you know what?
0: What I'm happy. It? I don't even care. They, uh, yeah, like I mean, Dude, I I, I kind of do wish like, we never we didn't address the 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 crowd situation after what we saw on on Sunday. But that was kind of disappointing. And I, I you know I have some LA friends who are like, oh, the NFL fans are great. Like you're really not that great. Like because if this is any other stadium in the NFL. The, the home team is selling that out and there's no worry about other fans coming in there. So, I mean, people are, you know, trying to get excited around here. And I was like, I, I'm not saying this to be a jerk. I, I want everyone in LA to care and support this team. You made a super bowl. Now this is the second time with Sean McVay. Like since your team moved back here, this is, this is a pretty good thing. You were quite lucky. Please support them and go to the games and, and show your support for this team.
1: Yeah. Um, and they, apparently they're selling parking passes right now um, that are more expensive than the most expensive ticket was to yeah. the NFC championship game.
0: Yeah. is It's wild.
1: Which is insane. Um, but uh, we'll be here. We'll be in Los Angeles. Maybe we can sneak our way into some Super Bowl. I've had so many people messaging me. Do you have access to Super Bowl tickets? I'm like, look, I, you know, they gave us press passes. The Sports Illustrated just awesome. They couldn't mm. get us game tickets. And like, mm. if you think I get a game, I'm going to not Keep the game ticket (laughs) if I get it. You're wrong. (laughs) I am going. But no, I don't. So if you're gonna tweet me and ask me if I have access to game tickets, I do not. Unfortunately, do not. Um, guys, you can always play along with us, extrapoints.com slash arcade. Obviously. Um this week, no football. Unfortunately, well, I shouldn't say that. There's Pro Bowl. If you wanna, it's like whatever you guys want to watch football, um, I'll probably just chill out and take a day off. Um, but if you want to play with us for next week, especially there will be a prop quiz, our pick'em, as always, I'm sure where we're all just going to pick our favorite super bowl winner. I'm leaning towards Cincinnati and the points as well, Eddie, right now, yeah. uh, prop winner for this last week, Tommy olive who got seven, right? So congratulations, Tommy, you will be getting a gold hat. Looks like my chances have probably ended for getting a gold hat but maybe there's one more opportunity you never know. And uh yeah, anything else final thoughts Eddie before we head into the weekend?
0: Well, we have another week uh, to wait around before this next game, but we've been just so lucky with how how bad the wild card games were and how great divisional round was, how great the championship so round bad. was. And I'm I'm going to start the the finger crossing uh, right now to hope that at least the Super Bowl is another classic. I don't want to stinker because we've been blessed with some awesome football. I just really want a good game. So looking forward to uh, a nail biter at uh, two Sundays from now.
1: Me too. I think we will have a nail biter. Um, but um... – as you said, whoever wins, it's it's going to be a good story. I don't mm-hmm. think anybody can begrudge the other side. We got a guy coming back from a torn ACL, MCL, sophomore season in the NFL. This is his first complete season in the NFL, and he leads his team to the Super Bowl. And on the other side, you got Matt Stafford, who got his first playoff win finally at age 30, right? He's 30. Mm-hmm. Um, and the big trade with Jared Goff, it's just in the emergence of Cooper Cup, it just... Everything—it's just phenomenal. Good feelings all around. Yeah, uh, a lot of uh, the, the yeah. Video between Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Awesome, awesome stuff. It out having mm. a drunk bar moment right there. Um, it, it was awesome. So just a lot of good feelings going around and. I'm super excited for the Super Bowl and I'm super excited for this podcast next Wednesday when we will definitely have more advice for your fantasy playoffs. When we have more information, we will probably play around with some exotic props for fun. Maybe pick some exotic props as well as regular player props and, um, and then we'll uh, cross our fingers. And yes. go for it, so, All right, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in to waiver wired. I'm your host, Jennifer Piacenti. with me as always was Edward L. Murphy. Give him a follow on Twitter. And in the meantime, we will see you next week.